if I dwell on it or if we dwell on criticism, what the hell's the point? We have to identify if there's anything legitimate about it, fix it, move on. That's it. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? Do you have a strategy where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization? If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you, and it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize this name, he was a guest on episode 565, and he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out the fluff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. And because it's Friday, we're doing a special segment called Follow Along Friday, where I'm teaming up with the co-author of my book, Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever, Volume 1. And we're in the process of writing Volume 2. That's going to be coming out in about six to seven months. Theo Hicks. How you doing, Theo? I'm doing good, Joe. Thanks for having me back on here. Looking forward to the conversation today. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah, today is a good one. And best ever listeners, here's the topic. How to deal with criticism. That's the topic. And here is why we're bringing it up right now. Well, guess what? This past weekend, after receiving 53 five-star reviews for a book, Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever, which was endorsed by Barbara Corcoran, where she said, this is a no-fluff real estate investing book that beginning and experienced investors can benefit from reading. Guess what? We got our first bad review, and wow, they ripped into the book. It wasn't a four-star, wasn't a three-star, two. No, they gave us a one-star review. And let me go ahead and read the review and you can go check it out on Amazon as well. And here's what the subject says. I have no idea how this book has received so dot, dot, dot. Okay. Now here's what he wrote. I have no idea how this book has received so many five-star reviews. It makes me wonder if these reviews are legitimate. The grammatical errors, typos, misspellings, and punctuation problems are so severe the book is almost unreadable. The advice, quote unquote, is silly, and the book has no real point. The book is full of rambling, hokey stories. Save yourself a few dollars and just Google real estate. The results will generate far more information than this nonsensical book. Boom, he dropped the mic and he left the room. <laughs> so here's my thought process. And by the way, this isn't the first time I've received a negative review on something that I've been a, a partner in or, or done. Whenever I was in New York City, I had my advertising job and I was 
teaching in-person classes on a platform called Skillshare. And I got, I think like over a hundred five-star reviews. And then I had someone not recommend the class and just lay into it. So I've had some exposure to dealing with this. And by the way, let's put this in context. And that's how, number one, I deal with criticism. I put it in context because it's so easy to focus on what is being written negatively, but what value does it give? And that's the key to this because it's important to listen to consistent negative feedback so that we extract what the point is for that feedback. That way, if we need to course correct on future stuff, then we can. But once we get the information, so in this case, it is grammatical typos, misspellings, and punctuations problems. In this case, we're going to make sure on the next book that that is addressed even more so than what we did. And just so you know, best ever listeners, this is the first time we ever published a book. So we edited ourselves and then we hired one or two people via Upwork and then they did the copy editing for the entire book. So we hired a professional copy editor and maybe even someone else to look over it. And then we gave it another once over. Perhaps we have another check and balance into the second book. So that's one. Two is, as far as this gentleman's comments about rambling hokey stories, well, I think that books are best when stories are told. I think we learn best through stories versus being told what to do. I think it's better to have context for why that's the way to go based on previous people's success or failures doing what is being recommended. I'm not paying attention to that second part of this. And anytime I get criticized, it's important to, one, quickly determine if I should dismiss it in its entirety or if there are pieces of information included in the criticism that need to be implemented for optimization on future projects or within that current project if there's a way to course correct. And then that's it. That's all I do. And then I move on. Done. Because if I dwell on it or if we dwell on criticism, what the hell's the point? We have to identify if there's anything legitimate about it, fix it, move on. That's it. That's how I approach things like this. I will also say that from a higher level, it is much easier to review, give bad reviews for something than it is to create something. Mm -hmm. And in the back of my mind, that's also what I think. However, that doesn't address if there are any inherent issues with what I'm doing. And so that's why how I deal with criticism is I quickly identify if it has merit if it does, I put together some sort of plan to solve it, and then I move on and I don't pay attention to it thereafter. I will say that I also make it a point to put some more positive momentum in that venture, whether it is doing something for someone within the company or whether it is doing the improvement at that point in time, whatever it is. But I want to stop the negative momentum if I have criticism in one of my ventures 
by counteracting that with something that is positive. What were your thoughts when you read this? First, I think what you said was huge. When you're looking at whatever it is that's the criticism and determining whether it's constructive criticism, which is you know grammatical errors and typos, obviously that's kind of something that's constructive, like, hey, fix that. But then the destructive criticism, which is the other part you identify is the trolling aspect of it and the talking about the, oh, well, I don't like these stories. And so I think that's definitely important to do because, again, you can't just completely ignore them. But for me, a really good quote that puts criticism into perspective for me is by Aristotle. And the quote is, there's only one way to avoid criticism. Do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. So essentially what that means is unless you want to be a hermit in a cave, then you're going to get criticized at some point in your life. And you have to understand that that's just going to be a fact. No matter what you do, you're going to get criticized. And something that Trevor, our life coach, told me on our last call in regards to an assessment I'm working on, he says that no matter what happens, if you create some piece of content or if you're doing something, 30% of the people will love it no matter what. You know, your family and your friends, doesn't matter how good or bad it is, they're going to love it. Another 30% will like it as long as it's helpful to them and it adds value to their lives. Another 30% will actually take action on the information provided. And then the last 10%, no matter what, are going to hate it. No matter what it is, no matter how good it is, no matter how bad it is, it's the best thing ever, they're just going to hate it. And so as long as I keep that in perspective and I realize that this person that's criticizing whatever work that I do, it has nothing to do with me personally and it has to do with, with them themselves, then that kind of makes me feel a lot better about this. And then again, as you said, you have to at least look at it and identify which aspects of it are constructive and you need to accept those and, and learn from those and then ignore the destructive trolling aspect of the criticism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that breakdown from what I've seen is accurate as well. You know, 30% love it, 30% think it is helpful, 30% will take action and 10% just won't ride along with you for whatever reason. And the more we put ourselves out there, the more each of those percentages in terms of actual numbers of people will grow. The percentages will stay the same, but the number of people in the 10%, the more we put ourselves out there, will continue to grow. And it's important to recognize that and just to summarize my thought process in four easy steps so when we are receiving criticism, whether it's online, in person, one, does it have merit? Two, what can I do to fix it if it does? Three, force positive momentum on the situation by doing something that changes the tide. And then four, move on. I'm curious, on the other end of the spectrum, so obviously this is a great way to deal with the, the negative criticism and the negative feedback. But what do you do with the positive feedback in order to not let it kind of pump you up and let it get to your head? I don't know because I've never allowed positive feedback to get to my head. And mm. I guess I haven't done a self-assessment of why that's the case. Perhaps it's because I am always moving on to the next... Yeah. milestone. I think I know I can do a better job of celebrating when things go well. 
and making sure that I'm also acknowledging that we have 54 five-star reviews with glowing comments about the book. And that doesn't even include Barbara Corcoran giving the endorsement. I think there's a lot to be said about that. And I don't know. I guess it's just I haven't ever allowed it to affect me. And perhaps I should dig in deeper there, but it just doesn't. I just continue to move on to the next milestone. It's interesting as you said that when you said about being better at kind of celebrating your victories, because it's kind of something that I fall into as well when I'm having you know conversations with Trevor or whatever. And like, oh, Theo, you're co-author of a book. And I'm not sure if it's like a true humble type of thing or if it's me not wanting to be like, oh, yeah, I'm a co-author of a book. And so I kind of overcompensate by acting like it's not that big of a deal. So I think what you said about kind of celebrating your victories is actually important. So it can, you can actually have the problem on one hand of letting the positive stuff get to your head, but then on the other end of the spectrum, it's also a problem if you don't kind of pat yourself on the back and be like, hey, man, you actually did a positive thing here, so let's at least take a couple of seconds at least to say, good job, you, you, you did a good job, you co-authored a book, and then you can move on. That's interesting because it seems like you might have a similar situation as well, so that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. I think it's natural for achievers to not celebrate as much, but it's also unfortunate that we don't, and it's important that we do. I've gotten away from it a little bit recently, but before, anytime I got a new investor or a client, I would turn on a song, and it's just stupid, I would dance, and it would condition my mind to just to celebrate whenever that happens because I certainly am down for a brief period of time when something bad happens. So why not celebrate when something good happens? And I need to get back to doing that. The main takeaway, when I went to the Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within seminar about a year and a half ago, the main takeaway I got from that is you can decide which feeling you want to have at any moment in time. And you simply condition your body and your mind to feel that way by controlling your emotions. That's something that when something good or bad happens, we can control how we feel based on the interpretations that we have based from what happened and then how we move our body. I think that's something I can do better at. And after talking about this topic, about how to deal with criticism, and then also on the flip side, how do you deal with the success and the positive? I think that it's been brought to the surface. Yeah, Tony Robbins has like the good, his thing that he talks about is like the crazy eight. Have you heard of that before? Uh Uh-uh. Okay, I I actually have like a whole entire podcast script written up for it. I just haven't recorded it yet, so I'm going to do that at some point. But it essentially kind of talks about what you're talking about, and it's the crazy eight is you being like a negative funk. You kind of go back and forth between like a passive negative emotion, so like kind of sadness and apathy, and then you'll go from that to like active negative emotion, so like anger and enrage and it can be subtle as well and then the, he talks about there's there's positive and negative ways to kind of hop off that crazy eight ride and so like the negative ways would be to do something that's kind of like an addictive tendency like a drug or drink or go on social media or watch a movie or whatever to kind of take your mind away from the negative stuff you're dealing with whereas the positive way that he talks about getting off of it is expressing gratitude or doing something with your physiology, like like what you were doing, like dancing. Or for me, what I try to do is I try to just be aware of the fact that it's just 
kind of the, the thought moving in my head that's making me do that. And none of it's really true. It's just me telling myself that I should feel bad about it. And so that's kind of how I snap myself out of it. But Tony Robbins, his crazy eight explanation is perfect for how to deal with negative stuff, but also positive stuff too in life. Absolutely. I'm glad we covered both. I'm glad that you brought up the flip side on the positive because that's important, especially for the best ever listeners, because I suspect if you're a best ever listener, you are an overachiever and we need to make sure that we celebrate all the milestones along the way to the large goals that we have, because I also suspect that once we reach these large goals, then it's like, oh, great. All right. What's next? Now let's go on to something else. And if we approach it that way, then we're going to be constantly running to one thing to another. Are there any other questions or things we want to talk about as it relates to how to deal with both negative criticism and then, well, I don't know if there is any positive criticism, how to deal with criticism <laughs> as well as how to deal with good feedback? Anything else we want to cover? No, I think we shine the light on both of those very well. All right. Well, Theo, where can the best ever listeners learn more about you and get in contact with you? You guys can check out my website at www.theohicks.org. That's where I post the latest episodes of the Unplugged podcast, where essentially to have conversations similar to the conversations I'm having with Joe right now, and kind of just talk about the more mental, psychological side of success and just life in general. And as I said before, we actually kind of actually kind of did a podcast talking about trolls a couple weeks ago. So we, we go in depth into topics along those lines and kind of just deconstruct and figure out why it is that human beings do the things that they do. <laughs> I love that. And I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Obviously, I am biased because you're the co-author with me on the book and we also do other real estate ventures together. Thank you again for joining us, Theo, facilitating the conversation and best ever listeners. Just to recap, when you are criticized. Here's the four-step process. One, does it have merit? Two, what can I do to fix it? Three, force some positive momentum towards that direction. And then four, move on. And then when you have good feedback, celebrate. Make sure that you celebrate with your physical body as well as your mind and acknowledge that because that's important too. Life's too short not to celebrate the victories. Well, best ever listeners, hope you have a best ever weekend and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Are you looking for a hard money loan or do you have a mortgage note that you want to sell? Then email David at hasslefreecashflowinvesting.com. If you recognize this company, well, that's because David was a best ever guest on the show is episode 122, David Campbell, and you can email him at david at hasslefreecashflowinvesting.com if you're looking for a hard money loan or if you have a mortgage note to sell.